Exodus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us. Alright, how does your faith affect the way that you're kind? We have to get back to encouraging one another, being strong in our faith and building community. Join us each week as we dig into God's Word with a guest. And at Revitalized Kindness, we believe that through Christ, we are a new creation, revitalized. And as we follow Him, we can revitalize kindness in our own culture. Welcome to Revitalized Kindness Podcast. I'm Dave Weaver. And I'm Yvette Walker. And welcome to this first official episode of the podcast. The title of the podcast today is Unplugged Faith. And so some of you may wonder, what is what is Unplugged Faith? What do you mean? So we're going to explain all of that today. We're going to look at a couple of things there. Um, so some of the stuff we're going to do, we're going to explain what Unplugged Faith is. And then what once we figure out what that is, what causes us to get there? You know, what's some things that may cause us to unplug? So we're talking about basically, in a sense, so you know, like how do we step away from our faith or move away from our faith or unplug from our faith? So what what are some things that might cause us to get there? And then um, why is this important topic? Any Or why is this topic important anyway? Why are we talking about this? But I think there's some relevant things we need to talk about there just so it, it's understandable this whole season. Uh, season one is dedicated to talking about and working through what unplugged faith is. So I think it's kind of, it's a thing, it's a thing I think we should cover. So it's, it's, you know, one, we're going to kind of see where we're going with it. Um, but just to see the importance of it. I I agree. It's incredibly important. I'm so glad we're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many people that have been hurt and, and, and have feel some sort of way about faith in our society anymore. I think it's a needed conversation. And last but not least, we want to uh, cover what are some of the top reasons that uh, many Christians are unplugging from their faith today. So let's get this thing started. So let's start here, if you don't mind, Yvette. I want to, as we talk about what do we mean by unplugged faith, so again, in, 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 in a sense, we're talking about people that um, may have either, I mean, everybody has their own situation. So some, you may be in that situation where, Hey, I was close to God praying every day. I was reading my Bible. I was even hearing for God and then or hearing from God. And then all of a sudden a twist in my life, a pull in my life. And here I am. And I don't feel that closeness to God anymore, but everybody has their own story and situation. Um, but first I want to look at just the basics. What is what is faith? All right. So, and look, hey, and God provided us the perfect verse to kind of explain that. Um, he's not going to have us guess at what that is. So, if you turn to your Bibles to Hebrews eleven one, it it tells you this, or God tells us this. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, and the proof of what is not seen. So he lays it out for us a bit. That should be a, that that's at least that's step one. We've got that, right? Absolutely. I mean, really 
a lot of what we, what, you know, the questions that we ask, they are actually are answered in the Bible. We just have to go look for them. Yeah. We got to dig in. So we got to plug in. So if you're feeling unplugged from God, I guess one of the best answers is plug into scripture. Um, like Yvette said, there's the answers are there for us. Um, and again, I, if you listen to the trailer, you're, you're going to know I'm, I'm going to gotquestions.org a lot. Good information. They just put things in perspective and help you with a lot of the commentary and things like that. But I, there was one thing that I read there that I think is, is what we need to talk about or we can start this conversation. Um, when it's talking about the definition of faith, uh, it contains two aspects, an intellectual assent and trust. Intellectual assent is believing something to be true, and trust is actually relying on the fact that the something is true. All right. Wow. So you've, so you've got a, an intellectual assent is believing something to be true, and then trust is actually relying on the fact that something is true. So, yeah, I, I just want to jump in real quick and say that I'm really glad that you are talking about relationship. It's that big R that I think gets a lot of people into trouble. People, one reason they're falling away is because they've got some issues with religion. But the big R you mentioned is not religion. It's relationship. Right. It's relationship with the father. Yeah, that's it. Um, another R that, that I think throws people or at least deters people from faith is they rules. They think that the Bible's a book of rules and they're, they want to live their own life. They want to live life the way that they want to live their life. And so I think for some people, if that's the only thing in focus, it, it may, um, before they even get there, it may push them away from their faith. Or once they start studying and reading, I'm like, wait a minute, this is, this is just a bunch of rules and stuff. And why can't I just live my life the way that I want to live my life? And so that's, that's one that trips people up, I think, sometimes. All right. So another thing. All right. So let's look at it. Let's think about this then. Um, so what are some things that might trip somebody up other than, so rules, we mentioned that rules being again, uh, laws, uh, commandments, things in scripture. Um, what are some other things, Yvette, that might lead someone to unplug from their faith? Well, basically putting things that they that are important and that they think they need to do before God. So mm -hmm. it's just our busy life. We're taking care of our family. Um, the kids don't want to get up to go to church and you don't want to go alone. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, really, there's a number of things. We have such busy times. You know, we don't have time to go to small group. We don't have time again to build relationships. So I think I think it's things. And, and I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be condemning and call these things idols, but yeah, they kind of are. So we are building idols into our lives many times unknowingly yeah. and and not understanding that even though we're doing, and in many cases we can be doing really great work. We can be helping in volunteering or charity work and we can just be so busy and find it easier perhaps to do those things and not make time for actual church. And I think that that's, it's a very easy thing to get sucked into. And I know I've done it before. I'm guilty just like everybody else. Right. We do. We get busy. Um, 
there's a, uh, I guess it's called an, a, an acronym or whatever uh, that I heard many years ago. I uh, forget what pastor it was. Probably many pastors have used it. The, uh, the, um, an acronym, maybe acronym, acronym yeah, what I'm trying to yeah. say for busy B U S Y means being under Satan's yoke. And so, and what they mean though, uh, and it sounds kind of morbid. In I gotta way, tell you, <laughs> I just heard about that for the first time last year. Oh, did? I, yeah, yeah, I had not heard that before. So that's okay. really pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and a lot of times that's what I think where they're going with that is anytime we get too busy to spend time with God, like some, some pastor, a pastor told me not too long ago, he's like, David, you've got to put God on your calendar. He first asked me, did I have a calendar? Do I use my phone calendar or whatnot? I was like, yeah, sure. I put reminders in there and things. He's like, so you make it on time. So you know what you need to do at that day and time put God on your calendar. I was like, well, I never thought of it like that, but sometimes I guess we, we get so busy that maybe it's unnecessary for us just to kind of get us in a, like a new routine. Maybe that's not part of our routine and routines are hard for people, but yeah, you got to start somewhere and maybe putting God on your calendar is the thing to do. I don't know. No, I, I think that's not a bad idea. I think ultimately what we all desire is to wake up in the morning and upon waking his name be on our tongue. I mean, I think that that's what, I, and I, that doesn't happen to me a lot. I wake up and usually the dog is there. <laughs> I need to take the dog out. So right. the dog might be the first thought in my mind when I wake up and it's not God, but that's what I desire, right? I think that's what he desires for us to do. So while we are getting there, Yes, let's go ahead and use all the tools at our disposal to remind us that we need to make time for him. But I think that once we begin doing it, it will become easier and easier. We will just have him on our mind more than before. Now, that is true, and I have experienced that. Absolutely. Um, so busyness, definitely one of those things. Um, one of the things I put down was misunderstanding Scripture, I think, can sometimes uh create these ways or devices that we, we, we separate from our faith because we feel like, well, we read it and we're like, oh, wow, I can't believe the Bible says this, or oh, wow, I can't believe God did this in the, in the Old Testament. I know that's a lot of things. So you have these, these big hangups that people have sometimes when, well, one, sometimes we read things. It is, it's hard to read some of those things for initially, but then if we don't, have any sort of understanding of the why and the winds and and all those kinds of things, the theology of it. Um, it, it does, and we don't have anybody there sometimes to explain it to us, you know. And um, so, I encourage you, like if you're not in church or if you're not part of a church, that's a good reason to become part of a church, just to have somebody as a resource to help explain things as you work through your faith or as you like work through um, scripture and things like that. Um, that's always been good for me. I always look things up just to double check, to make sure my thinking is right on this. Um, I don't always agree with just one source. That's one thing that I encourage people to do. Don't just do one source, go to multiple sources. You know, um, sometimes we have to be like the Bereans in the Bible and really, um, search scripture in that way. And, and not always, uh, not always believe in what we hear from others. Um, and so I think misunderstanding scripture sometimes can take us away. 
uh, or damage our faith. Um, yeah, you mentioned in the in the trailer that you're reading a book, and I'm trying to read more this year. And so you're right. You know, reading books uh, from from pastors or from Bible scholars or from people who know more than me. Uh, to help me understand, you know, I'm reading a book called Contact with God about intercessory prayer. I really feel like prayer is a big word for me this year. And um, just, you know, what intercessory prayer is and, and why it's important. And then I have, I, in fact, I have a book club where I am going to do 12 books this year. Now, maybe I can read more than 12 books this year, but I've got on my list 12 mm-hmm. nonfiction Christian books. So, yes. That will help me, you know, understand scripture more and just, you know, just taking that time out of your day to spend with God, true, but also to spend with other people who are knowledgeable, who can help you understand. Mm. That's right. We need that. We need that from each other. Um, And then culture and politics can, um, you know, the way the culture is moving and the direction that it's moving in. Um, if we want to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, and not only with money, because a lot of times people say that with money, but sometimes I think it's with culture too. We got to go with the blend in with the trend, if you will. And so we do that um, sometimes if we don't want to stand out. And, um, but sometimes when we do that, we um, we're really kind of sacrificing that relationship with God because then we have a, we're, we're in uh, danger of going outside of what God would have for our lives. And um, so that can be a, a big a issue, I think. And then politics, people argue about politics and, you know, we've got a, we've got a guest that we hope that it's on our next episode, but he is going to talk about politics and um, our walk in faith. And so how do we, how do we navigate between those two? It's tough. And as we get closer to election years, it gets even tougher, doesn't it? Because we, we, we get like last, I think the last election, we were so polarized as a nation. I heard all these, these measurements or these stats about just how polarized we were. And it's, it's, you know, it, it's hurt. Well, it not, well, I'll say hurtful, but it's, to, it's hard to hear that. It's just hard to hear where we're kind of going as a country, but really again, but if we, but if we follow that and again, that can push us away or get us outside of what God would have for us, we can just, you know, so it's, it's another thing that can be hurtful to, to our walk. I have to, I have to agree. You know, I, you know, I have been at church where I overheard a conversation that I didn't necessarily agree with, but that's not why I'm there. I'm there to worship my God. So it doesn't really matter what people were talking about, right? Right. No, I don't. We just need to we just need to know why we are there. We need to let him point us in the direction of of him and his spirit that so that we can worship him and we can have that great relationship with him uh in a very physical way at church and just, mm-hmm. you know, not worry about everybody else. Yeah, there is a, what is that scripture? Um, first, is it first Thessalonians 4.11? Hold up. You making me going to look, you want me to look that up, don't you? Yeah, look that up. All right. Now, now we're talking about it. Hold on. I yeah. got my Bible. See, 
and, and you can't see, but well, you can, if you're watching this on video, if we actually like just in a YouTube, yeah. but, um, I had another Bible in the room next to me, mm -hmm. um, all marked up and, and ready for the podcast. And that's not right there in front of me. Um, so I'm using my, my backup, my backup Bible. Everybody needs a backup Bible, at least one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, or many. Or well, many. And if, if you're like me, there's you have a lot because I like to Bible journal, which some people find yeah. to be, you know, sacrilegious, but that's okay. Yes. <laughs> that's so another show. <laughs> so there's this section in uh first let first Thessalonians chapter four. Uh verse eleven specifically the one that I'm thinking about. This is the CSB version. It says, uh, to seek to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we command you. So sometimes I used to have that verse up in my cubicle when I worked in an office. And because there was always the chatter and the sort of the backstabbing, backbiting situations that um, people had to contend with, I was a leader there. So I was always having to contend with those types of things, sometimes with teams or hearing about the rumors and such. And so I had that in front of me to remind me that that's okay. This is what I need to be doing regardless of what everybody else is doing. No, you're right. That's a great verse. And also in Proverbs, I think there's several places in Proverbs where, you know, mind your tongue, don't be a busybody. I mean, these are very practical, practical yeah. uh, uh, pieces of advice, you know, right. given to us from, from, uh, from wise Solomon. So we just need to listen to that. Like I say, you know, if it's, we can think about it. It's probably in the Bible. We can find it somewhere and help us and direct us in our life. Um, so just thinking about like why this, this subject's so important today. I mean, I mean, you know, well, obviously for the last two years, it, it's been a different time, hasn't it? Yvette, just the oh, whole yeah. pandemic, the way we communicate, the things that we have to think about when we go out. Oh, do I, I got my mask? Uh, am I going somewhere where I might need it or not need it or whatever the case is, there's just more to think about. Um, and so we, our culture has really changed a lot over these last two years. Um, we've had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of bad stuff, but there was one thing that you wrote in your devotion and remind the, the viewers, the name of your devotion. Yeah. So I wrote a book of devotions called whispering in his ear. And it's uh, it, it's 15, I call them conversations instead of chapters, 15 conversations with God. And basically they are kind of life lessons that he has given me. So uh, which one are you referring to? <laughs> the one you didn't want to put in the book. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you remember? Yes. The one. <laughs> well, because, so were... Yeah, because it was written, it was written, you know, right kind of at the height of COVID and, and, um, it, it seemed to be a little dated, but you know what? It's not because we are still here. <laughs> yeah, we're still in the mix and we're still navigating. Things are changing, uh, I'd say, day, well, not daily like they were, but, you know, we are going from quarter to quarter in our life or whatever and things are. But there was this one thing you wrote in there. I'll, I'll share this with, with the listeners. Um, and, and then I'll tell you what hit me in, in that. Um, and I quote, you said, but Lord, I'm tired of this. And again, talking about the pandemic, I, I miss this beautiful world you have given us. And it's ironic that I'm experienced the pandemic in spring, just as everything is growing, bulbs emerging, flower heads opening up, 
rebirth in time of Corona, end quote. And so when I read that, uh, I think it was last week, I was thinking, I was like, look, look at all the mess that's going on and God is still working mm-hmm. in the midst of it. And I think that's one thing that we, we need to remember then in part of our faith is in that passage or that in, in the, what you re- wrote there, you were just reflecting on the fact that, look, we're in the beginnings of this just awful new situation. And, but look, look at spring coming and look at the beautiful things that, that God is doing. And that is, is God's hand in it. Um, so we can't forget um, it, it's easy when we're in the midst of um, a dilemma like that, and uh, it's 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 hard sometimes to see God working, but God's still working in our lives, and that's what mm-hmm. I don't want. I want people to not forget if they're dealing with something and their faith is being tested. Some people might say, "It's shaking my faith. This some this thing is shaking my faith." Well, just we need to take a step back sometimes, and and and. And 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 see like you were seeing that day, and see and it may not be spring at that point in our life, but we we need to look for where God is working. Absolutely, the sun is still rising and setting. The seasons, whichever season it is, they are still coming. I write about the, a lot about the birds in this book because when I was home, and I was very blessed to be able to have a job where I could work from home. So when I was home, you know, we couldn't go to work. Um, and I, and I live, I live in a city, but in a little, a little bit more rural area. And I heard the birds, the birds were very loud, but probably I'd never noticed it because I wasn't home in the middle of the day before I was at work. Right. But I began to notice things that I hadn't seen before because I wasn't there all the time. And the birds were just loud and enjoying life, I guess. And, and here we were all were there stuck and sad and watching too much Netflix <laughs> where all we had to do, and you can, you can Netflix, go outside, yes. right? I mean, you know, you can take the dog for a walk. A walk that was okay to right. do. Yeah. Just stepping outside and seeing something that, to be honest, I really hadn't noticed before because I wasn't home usually on a daily basis. But I, right. but as you, as you read there, I saw the little crocuses opening and heard the, the birds yeah. were just singing. They just were singing. For joy, you know, I talk a little bit about that in the book. Were they singing for joy? Were, I don't know what they're singing for, but to my ears, it seemed like they were singing for joy. And that that helped me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, and it was shortly after that happened. Uh, I think a lot of people remember the date, March 13th. For a lot of people, that resonates, especially mm-hmm. if you worked in an office. I think a lot of people cross the board, from what I've heard anyway. March 13th, for a lot of these folks, that was the last day they were, they were in their office on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of things changed on that day. And then, you know, we went through when Mr. George, George Floyd um, was killed and there was a big uprising. And so we're on the heels of this pandemic that's running through. And then we have many of these um demonstrations and things for his because of his death and uh, and and what we've seen on video and such i remember shortly after all that had had happened and then we were hearing every day about a new demonstration or maybe a city was um under fire or something um but my we had our son that year um 
we had him on June 4th of 2020. And I remember, and actually, I think I, I, think I mentioned this or reflected on this in season one. Um, but I remember this, this African-American guy, black guy, whatever you want to, however you want to say that. Uh, I don't know what's politically correct anymore, honestly. But this gentleman, he, he came up to me. We walked down the, the aisle, or not the aisle, the, the, the corridor to the elevators. We were both going outside at the same time. He had just had his, um, his son. Um, and, and within like hours of us having our son and, and me and him just had this in the midst of craziness and chaos and, and unrest and, and uncertainty, me and this gentleman just had this beautiful conversation together. We were peaceful and kind to one another. We, we, we congratulated each other and it was just a, a different thing. It just, it felt, it felt right because of the way we were towards one another. and so. And so anyway, when we're in the midst of craziness and chaos um, like that, or if you're today, if you're still, if you've got something going on in your life and you've got unrest in your life, um, well, first of all, let's don't lose faith in God, but also let's don't lose faith in each other. Um, I think that's where we go wrong a lot of times. It's because we do that. We see mm -hmm. things that just don't set right. We start to lose faith in each other. If we lose faith in each other or not even want to like talk to one another, then how are we going to share the good news with, with, with our brothers and sisters out there, ones that we want to, you know, share that good news and that hope? Because that's what people need right now. They need hope. But if we sit back and we were disturbed and such and such, and I may be rambling, but if the point is, I don't think we need to get there. Um, and our faith can help us navigate through that. Um, as long as we stay close to God and prayer and conversation, um, uh, uh, working that relation, uh, working on that relationship with Him, um, He's going to carry us through that. Um, and then when we have those moments, like with that gentleman or that I talked about in the hospital, or with anyone else for that matter, you know, Lord put the Lord puts people in front of us all the time, and that's a time where we can just share that faith and that hope because that might be what that person needs to hear that day. We, we don't know. Um, so I think that's, a, you know, I think that's another reason why this is so important. It's an important topic to, to just to get on the conversation or get on the table to talk about, because even if you're not having difficulties with your faith, then um, perhaps you may, uh, maybe you'll benefit from this conversation because oh, I realize what I need to do different, or maybe I've been looking at things the wrong way. So this is, I think this is helpful for so many different people, honestly. I think so. You know, I think that that was, that was a beautiful moment that you had in the hospital with that other father, new mm. father, right? Yeah. I think that we, so Jesus tells us that we're supposed to love each other, but I think we also have to have faith in each other and trust each other. And I think that we, we lose faith in a lot of things, but in each other. Some of the, the difficulties that were happening, and this probably this is really over a two-year period now, but also during COVID um, that went beyond George Floyd were other incidents where people felt like they were being marginalized or were outright being, you know, displayed prejudice mm -hmm. against. And so, um, you know, and a lot of people just had, I think, had a difficult time talking with people about that. 
Yeah. So I think we have to have faith in each other as well. Trust each other, love each other. Under, what would Jesus do? I know that's an expression, yeah. but I think we have to keep that in mind. And um, I mean, and I, I think you're so right. God puts people in front of you. This was a long time ago. This was way before COVID, but I was um, uh, very fortunate to have gone to Europe and was coming home and was sitting on the plane. And in front of me was a man from South Africa who had a very heavy Dutch accent. So he was African, he was Afrikaans. And that's the, that was previously the white ruling class during apartheid. So I just had an idea in my head that he was an intolerant person. So, and I just thought that way the whole, the whole time. And, and I had feelings of fear. I have feelings of, you know, mistrust in, in this person who was sitting just in front of me. So mm -hmm. the plane landed, we got up and we're standing and you know how sometimes it takes you a little while to deplane. And um, I said, you know what? I'm going to talk to this guy because we were just sitting, we were just standing there. And so I said, yeah, you know, oh, you, you had a long flight. And he said, yeah, yeah, my daughter is here. I was in Detroit at the time. My daughter uh, goes to the University of Michigan. And we started talking about that a little bit. Completely pleasant fellow. Mm -hmm. Didn't seem to have an issue with me. We had a nice conversation. And then we went our separate ways. And so I think that, that was just a little reminder to me that don't misjudge people. Yeah. You know, I think right. we're humans and we do that way too much. Yeah, we, we need to take those opportunities that God gives us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's an, it's a, this is an important topic, I, I guess, for many reasons. But, again, um, you know, we want to, through this podcast, again, this season specifically, we want to encourage people to reach out to us. And, uh, you know, they reach out to us at the email, revitalizedkindness at gmail.com or Go to the Facebook business page and uh, at Revitalized Kindness and, and just, you know, message us there. And uh, we would love to pray for you and encourage you today. So we come to our last topic of this episode. We're trying to, we're, we're trying to work through this. It was a tough one for me. And, I, and me and Yvette talked about this earlier. Um, looking at the top reasons why many Christians are unplugging from their faith and just kind of diving into some of the stats and different websites that might have some of that information. And in fact, I had a tough time with it. Mm -hmm. and, and one thing that I came across may explain some of that. It may explain why it's tough to find real good numbers for the past year, at least. Um, one group and all this again, will be in the show notes. It says non-practicing Christians are on the rise. The non-practicing, what does that mean? They didn't really define what non-practicing meant, but they were talking about, I think, briefly in that article, like church attendance and things like that. So they're probably speaking to, at least one thing they're speaking to is people not going to church and such. So non-practicing Christians are on the rise. Uh, and this was according to a Barna Group study. Non-practicing Christians have grown from 35% to 43%. In the last 10 years, roughly, so that's around 2000, um, from the year 2000 to the year 2020. And uh, during the time, the same time, uh, practicing Christians declined from 45% to 25%. And that's a big jump there. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so whereas there might be still a certain number of practicing Christians out there, it's harder to maybe get to them, poll them, and and get those numbers because they're not in our traditional settings of like maybe a church. Um, and of course, in the last ten years too, you got. I, I guess we we would we would have to uh, consider two things. Well, one, social media and things like that have become uh, sort of a rampant type of thing. We 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 tend to get our news from it, and probably getting our church from it online and maybe even social media sources. And then in the last couple of years, we've had the pandemic, and that has forced a lot of churches to change their custom, if you will. Uh, a lot of churches that weren't online at all, or maybe just did it a little bit, made little effort in it, making are making a bigger effort uh, to reach those for the gospel. So I think our, our climate, our culture and stuff has definitely changed, and that could be one of the reasons why it's harder to find some solid numbers yeah i agree and it certainly makes sense to look at these and uh, you know the people who are not going to church and think about them in this climate that we're in because of the pandemic uh, where churches literally had to shut and some did not reopen because they were not able to and then those and i'm not and i'm not saying that's the majority at all but then the you know those who did um I heard were reporting lower numbers. Now, many of them who had an online presence, you know, people were doing that. And personally, I think that for many people, once you get used to experiencing church at home in your pajamas and your with your cup of coffee, <laughs> warm blanket, it's hard to get up yes. in the morning and get dressed and get the kids together and get to church. I, you know, I, I talked about in the in the trailer one reason being busy, but in this case, it's, we've formed a habit. We've mm -hmm. formed a habit and, you know, yeah, we can worship at home. Personally, I think that fellowship is just, is, is needed in person. Fellowship is needed, you know, when it's safe. Um, and, and I think more so important and, um, you get more from it personally, my opinion, um, than online, but it was, a great option for us to have, but as the the country you know opens up again, and I hope it continues to open up, and I hope we continue to, you know, wear our masks and 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 practice all the safe methods that we should, we can get more into church, and we need to just we need to get up, put our clothes on, and come to church. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely those those things I think have contributed. I mean, and and rest of the stuff I read, it really was in a sense all over the place. Um, but you know, I guess some of the things that that came up were, um, well, you know, one thing that I I know that sort of it's interesting. One thing that's on the well, I I'm in the circles a lot, and I, I think it's becoming more popularized is the, the, the subject of apologetics. Mm -hmm. And so, which is basically just the study of defending the faith is all that really is. Apologia, it's, uh, defend the faith, um, which we see in scripture. So, you know, there's some scriptural basis for that. Um, now, how deep we get into that is a, is a different thing. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of teachers, myself included, because I teach youth, I've been doing that for a few years now. I've I felt led to include that more, you know, and so I think just 
I guess as I reflect on that um, and, and, and think about what I was going to teach the kids, I was like, you know, maybe apologetics is the way you have to defend their faith. But I think I heard somebody say the other day about, um, you know, we can't lean too much into that either, because besides just defending faith, if you learn only to defend the faith, then you, you don't know, um, you know, you don't have, you don't do the basics. You don't read through scripture in terms of just reading the gospel or getting, um, you know, your nourishment, your daily nourishment through scripture. Um, you, you're always in study mode because you, you're, you're trying to um, one-up the, ne- the, the next person that you speak to in some sense or to explain certain aspects. So I think that um, that's just kind of an important thing to me just because I'm a teacher and, I, and I've heard a lot of even pastors who've gone to seminary who say that in seminary they, they learn so much, but they're learning at such a quick pace that they, they don't ever get personal time with, with um, scripture. They don't even hardly, well, they may get to go to church, but, um, you know, maybe a service or a chapel or something at their college, but they, it's just a whole different thing. They say it's hard. It's hard to navigate that because you're, you feel like you're, you're feeding your head with knowledge, but you're not nourishing your body with like spiritual things, if that makes sense. And yeah, so, no, it, it makes sense. I mean, I, I think we can see it on another level, too. So for, for many people who are involved in service areas in their church, um, and we were talking about worship and musicians before. Uh, I've been in a choir at my church before, and I felt like on the, oppor- you know, on the odd chance where they brought in a guest choir or a guest singer, and I can actually not have to sing in the choir and just sit down in the pews and enjoy service. It was a completely different, I mean, I was actually able to enjoy service and be filled by, by the service and by the sermon and by the teachings and the lessons. When we are busy, quote unquote, working in our service roles at church, we can, we can lose a lot of that. So it, it makes perfect sense with those yeah. who are going to church. But I mean, I got to say that those of us, because I've been thinking about this a lot um, for this, this year and this upcoming season on my podcast. And for those of us who are doing some teaching, I do feel strongly that I need to I need to learn more. I don't want to say anything that is incorrect. I don't want to lead anybody astray. I want to be I want to be informed. So I'm reading a lot more this year, mm-hmm. doing a lot of studying this year. But you're right. It can't just be one or the other. Right. We've got to refill that tank. And mm-hmm. if we can refill it through online tools, that's great. I was talking to you earlier about two different kinds of people. You already mentioned that, you know, so Generation X, mm-hmm. you're, you know, that, 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 that later, that younger end of Generation X, I would call digital natives, people who grew up with the internet or even early, early internet technology uh, and, who, and who are so used to using it, it becomes second nature. Certainly all my college students are all, you know, digital na- natives now. But then for the rest of us, you know, we are not digital natives. There is a term digital illiterates, which may sound terrible. <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean that we can't learn, you know, so I, yeah, that would be me. I'm in that, in that age classification. It doesn't mean that I can't learn, but for that group, it just may be people who are not comfortable taking their spiritual nourishment online. Mm. And if that were to happen during COVID, where would they find it? They can go straight to the Bible and find it there. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
that if they were uncomfortable going online for services or for worship, then they could over time unplug. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, you know, I, there's another study that I looked at. Um, this is, and this was from Barna Group too. Um, they said that they found that less than 1% of the young adult population in the United States has a biblical worldview. That's staggering if you think about mm, it. So if we yeah. put that in perspective, so that means like, okay, less than 1% of the young adult population in the United States has a biblical worldview. So they can look at anything in life and um, work through that through what they know about scripture or look at that and in a different light. And, and I, I don't know if that's the number one reason, but I would say again, you know, I've got a, 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 a group on Facebook called I am plugged in and the whole premise behind that group. And I've done that since 2012, I think just from many people that I, I've, I've became friends with on, on online. And um, I sent a lot of verses and perspective on verses and little tiny teachings and different things like that. Um, but it's just to encourage people to stay plugged in each day to get them, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes get them thinking about what the word says. And then, um, you know, application is always a big key and it's hard to learn. It, I mean, that's, that's something that I think early on in my life, I'd always look at people that could make that an application an everyday application of something like that. And I was like, wow, that's wonderful to do that. Like, I just can't come out with it like that. But just like everything else, the more we read, the more we practice it, think mm -hmm. through it. And like you said, um, I think you said earlier in this episode, you, you wake up um, just having like God, like right here, the first thing that you want to either think about or speak to or speak. If if we get if we could get into that mode, then that's when we can get into that mode where um, maybe we we are thinking more in lines of what what God would have, and so it's easier to navigate life. Uh, the Bible has so many great answers to all these great questions that we 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 usually go to others to get the answers. Yeah. Um. And but sometimes we we get led astray that way uh, if we're not careful. Um, so you really can depend on scripture, but I, I think that when I read that stat, it just kind of took me back. Cause this, again, it said young people, but this is that next generation. So if there is less than 1% of the young people right now, this new generation coming up that have a biblical worldview, what is our, our, our world going to look like? Maybe at the end of my life, maybe at the middle of my children's life maybe they're maybe they'll see what that looks like um i don't fear it because of god's in control he's he's or you know all these things will happen as god has ordained to happen or whatnot but but still the thing is uh, i just wonder what our world's going to look like then um and i don't know i don't know if i want to be around to see it but that i encourage our listeners though just to to, to dig in because again if you're having trouble with your faith, you're going to find some answers in Scripture. Um, if you never hear from God, you're going to hear from God through Scriptures. And it may not be an audible voice. A lot of times when people say, I heard from God, what we're really, you know, a lot of times what we're talking about um, is we read something and it resonates with us. It moves our heart in a way. And sometimes we even get like chill bumps because it 
fits a situation or a life that just says, all right. And you know, that's the answer. You know, that God has put that in front of you. Um, and, and, and is, is guiding you through that. And that's an amazing feeling when that happens, but you have to, again, you have to stay in this, in, in his word for, for those types of things to happen. So. True. True. And while I know that not everybody, uh, maybe, maybe everybody doesn't believe everything in the Bible, but I don't think there's anybody that can say that the Bible is not a roadmap to good behavior, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, I know that there, you know, that there may be some questions about Old Testament books, especially the law, um, some things that we don't understand, some practices and, and rituals that were required at that time. But I mean, Proverbs, the Gospels, I mean, just about everything else is about is about trust, love, joy, good behavior, um, a reason to a reason to come and fellowship. And right. so it's it's just all right there. That's it. Yeah, we just got to take time with the Lord. Um, so yeah, just looking at looking back now at everything we've talked about. Hopefully, some of this can help either. Just um, maybe you want to navigate uh, or think about the things that are standing in your way, whether that is our culture, just thinking about that and it driving you crazy to almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, your anxiety and depression are going wild, um, you know, or the politics or something else that's standing in your way, remove it, help God or ask God to help you get that removed. doesn't mean ah, no politics in my life. It's just, how do I think about it? And that goes back to biblical worldview. I think, how do we think about the things of our life? And so it's a lot in the Bible even about politics, if you take a look at it. Um, so just uh, think back through this book. I hope this was um, encouraging. Um, or what's the other word? Edifying to you. Um, Yvette, is there anything else? I don't know if we missed anything. Is there anything that you want to uh, say to help us close this one? I mean, I think we, we got into a lot of area here. I, I think it all boils down to, um, to jumping in our word more however we need to spend time. For me, it was, it was actually Bible journaling um, to get me back in the Word. However, maybe it's listening to the Bible, you know, on, on your earphones. However, you need to get back into it because that is a way that the Lord is speaking to you. If you can, I think in-person church will, will just change your life again, if it is possible for you. And um, and if you are not comfortable with the online tools that there are, and there's so many, ask somebody, ask, ask your niece or nephew to help you out. Uh, the young people know how to navigate these things, but there's so much great stuff on there. The Bible Project has a great series of videos. I mean, there's just so much on there that can help you if you are questioning. So check it all out. Yeah, and if you need something to ease your way back into Scripture, because that makes you nervous reading Scripture, maybe you're not, you feel like you can't read the Bible well, I encourage you to pick up a copy of Yvette's um, new devotion because there's a lot of Scripture in that, and and it's it's a good way to, I think, that a good devotions, I think, are a great way for us to get exposure to, uh, to um, the Bible every day, 
and then hear thoughts about the Bible or the, the you know, uh, um, gives you direction. And so I think there's a lot of good ones in there. Uh, we're going to put a link in there. Please check that out. Um, well, Yvette, thank you again, everyone. And we'll see you on the, or hopefully hear from us on the next episode. Thank you.